Hi, I'm Nia Fisher, and this is Fishing for the Truth, the podcast. Everyone's truth is personal to them, and I believe that when we hear other people's stories, they can lead us to examine our own truth more deeply, opening our hearts and minds to that which is a human experience. These honest, spontaneous conversations have definitely changed how I feel and how I see the world I live in. It's my hope that you'll find this channel a positive space to visit. Welcome to Fishing for the Truth. This is my truth. Tell me the truth. Tell me my truth. Tell me what the truth feels like. This is my truth. Yeah, 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 truth. What is an arboretum? I have to say, I didn't know until recently, but I've asked a lot of my friends and about 90% of them knew what one was. Given the fact that I love trees so much, if you've seen my April edition of Fishing for the Truth when I'm talking about meditation, you'll know that I love sitting under trees, I love being amongst trees whenever I want to block away the noisiness of life and just kind of reconnect and still myself. Trees are my go-to place but I'd never heard of an arboretum before. So what is it? It's essentially a botanical garden dedicated entirely to trees and shrubs. And today, Fishing for the Truth is on location at Westonbert Arboretum near Tetbury in Gloucestershire. This is managed by the Forestry Commission and it's considered to be one of the most important, if not the most important arboretums in the UK. It spans over 600 acres with 17 miles of marked paths and I've timed it so that hopefully I can catch some of the beautiful autumnal colours. We've had such an incredible, kind of unusually hot summer for us here in the UK. So in theory, fingers crossed, the autumn colours should be out in full force. I'm also going to try and find their oldest resident here, which is a 2000 year old lime coppice. How amazing. There are two main areas to explore here. There's the old arboretum, which is a carefully designed landscape offering exotic trees from across the globe dating back to the 1850s. Then there's Silkwood, which is where I am at the moment, which still offers rare and exotic plantings. But at its heart, it's a working woodland which dates back to the 13th century. This is where I'm going to find our 2,000-year-old tree. Okay, so I kind of missed the key word, which is coppice, which means an area of woodland that is cut back to ground level every so many years to stimulate growth. So behind me, gosh, all the different, what would have been different um, stumps that would have made part of the massive lime that would have stood here thousands of years ago. But in the silkwood at the Arboretum, it's um, coppiced every 20 years so I was kind of misunderstanding what I was going to see. <laughs> but even so, pretty impressive and pretty massive. I've come off the beaten path just for a moment to sit down and tell you a little bit about this book that I've just started to read, so I'm not that far into it. It is called 
the hidden life of trees. I just wanted to mention it because I'm walking around this arboretum and because I'm surrounded by so many incredible trees. This book is kind of blowing my mind. Um, it's by Peter Wulben. I don't know whether I've said that right. Um, like I said, I'm not very far into it, but already it's talking about the social network within the community of trees, in, in forests in particular. Um, there is something called the Wood Wide Web. <laughs> Studies have proven that there is a language and a communication between trees, but there's a big difference between deciduous forests that occur naturally, that plan their own future, and coniferous forests which are planted for commercial gain. There's a big, big difference. If left to grow over time and maintain themselves, there is a microclimate that a forest is responsible for. They live in almost families um, and groups that support each other. They will support the sick amongst them. So they communicate through senses, through smell, through visual, even through um, electrical signals that are passed through a type of nerve cell at the tips of the roots. Honestly, a tree is not just a tree. It's obviously a living, breathing thing. But if this book is anything to go by, there is so much more to trees than I for one realised. But it would explain it would scratch the surface in explaining why there is such a powerful energy when you're around them. And maybe that's what I feel. Maybe that's what I feel when I sit underneath a tree. I was a little bit confused by, after having seen the lime about the subject of coppicing, which has been going on for centuries and centuries. So there's a reason um, why people do it. And it's not just to do with the regrowth of trees or it wasn't historically. Obviously over time it will keep the tree alive longer because it encourages new growth. But I thought, is it therefore still the original tree or... And I found a little passage in this book which I think explains it quite succinctly. Um, the root is certainly a more decisive factor than what is growing above ground. After all, it is the root that looks after the survival of an organism. It is the root that has withstood severe changes and climatic conditions, and it is the root that has regrown trunks time and time again. It is in the roots that centuries of experience are stored, and it is this experience that has allowed the tree's survival to the present day. So that's coppicing. Now I know. I didn't know before. So I'm going to carry on with this. Carry on having a little walk around, but I just wanted to tell you about it because it's already proving to be a mind-blowing read so I haven't finished it yet but already I highly recommend it. So that's it. I'm almost at the end of my time here at the Arboretum. I've had a wonderful afternoon. It's been, it's a magical place. It's been so interesting walking around, losing myself in and amongst these incredible trees and what a time of the year to come. It certainly didn't disappoint as far as the seasonal colours were concerned. Western Burt's about two and a half hours drive from London and it only costs £10 to get in, which is such great value because you could literally choose to spend hours and hours walking around this place. It's wonderful that so many people, so many families are supporting the Forestry Commission and are supporting this arboretum but I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I can't wait to get home and go to the woods. I miss my woods. 
<laughs> I miss it just being me in the trees. That kind of peace and solitude. So, thinking more about this book than I'm reading, The Hidden Life of Trees. I've barely scratched the surface with the woods that I visit, but the more I go back, the more I feel like I'm getting a sense of that community of trees. So I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going. And I have a feeling the more I read of that book, the more I'm gonna stop and be more in touch with my senses and yeah, the life of trees around me. I'm about that far from talking to trees. That's how it's going, but uh, yeah, I've had a great day. It's been nice to do something a little bit different. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go home. Bye. I'm Nia Fisher, and you've been listening to Fishing for the Truth, the podcast. Please remember to rate and review this podcast, and join me again soon for another truthful conversation.